1: Again, it's another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am so excited to be here. I hope that you all had a great weekend. We have got a jammed pack show for you as I'm going to recap all the action from college football, the NFL. I'm going to preview this upcoming World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. I'm going to talk about the NBA season and what to expect, but we do have a jam-packed show just a reminder that we are being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump at Slide Inflatables, and Christie's Cafe. And on the show today, the Atlanta Falcons fall to the Cincinnati Bengals 35 to 17. Georgia is on a bye as we preview this Georgia Florida game coming up. But Alabama's defense steps up when it mattered the most, and they beat Mississippi State 30-6. to The Atlanta Hawks lose to the Charlotte Hornets 126-109. to They are 2-1. What is going on with the Lakers? The Lakers are 0-3. The Atlanta Falcons, they were 3-3 coming on to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who were also 3-3. However, they were depleted in the secondary, and Joe Burrow just picked them apart. The Cincinnati Bengals just have three great wide receivers. And even though the Falcons came back and scored 10 points in like a minute, and they were down 28-17, to Marcus Mariota is not an elite quarterback that can go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. And I think when you have weapons like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and you still don't have Cordell Patterson in the lineup, the Falcons' identity is to run the football. But if you're trying to match score for score with Joe Burrow, you need a dynamic quarterback that can get the ball down the field. And that's something that Marcus Mariota cannot do as a quarterback. He's very limited. And I think maybe it's time to put in Desmond Ritter. See what he has. Because I think that he could be the future. Marcus Mariota had a great game last week against the 49ers. But let's see what you have in Desmond Ritter. The Falcons are 3-4. and four. They'll take on the Carolina Panthers next week. That was the shocking upset of the day. The fact that the Carolina Panthers upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is wrong with the Buccaneers? What is wrong with Tom Brady? I actually thought him coming out of retirement that he would have one more ride in him and the Buccaneers not necessarily would win the Super Bowl, but they would be competitive. And the Buccaneers just do not look good. Uh, Same with the Green Bay Packers. They lose to the Washington Commanders. And now you got two teams, that are 3-4 and on the season, and the 49ers are 3-4. and But I actually think there's a lot of upside to the 49ers, especially signing Christian McCaffrey. They're all in. The San Francisco 49ers are trying to win the Super Bowl, and getting a guy like Christian McCaffrey, they do not have to give up a first-round draft pick. They did give up a bunch of third and fourth and fifth picks in the 2023 NFL draft. But Christian McCaffrey, he's injury-prone. Otherwise, he would have been cost a first-round pick. Christian McCaffrey is the ideal player in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I think that the 49ers are now a Super Bowl team because of the addition of Christian McCaffrey. Because Christian McCaffrey is a dynamic player when he's healthy. He is one of those players that actually will rush for 1,000 yards and receive for 1,000 yards with a healthy season. The 49ers haven't had this type of running back since Roger Craig. He is a difference maker. And the 49ers are all in. They are going to make it at least to the NFC Championship game. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are still the team to beat in the NFC. The 49ers did lose to the Kansas City Chiefs 44-23. And same situation. They just could not outduel Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes torched the best defense in football. He had over 500 yards of offense against the 49ers that had Nick Bosa coming back. They had Jimmy Ward coming back. I actually thought the 49ers were going to be competitive, and it was for a little bit when George Kittle got that touchdown to make it 28-23. Then the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes converted on two third-and-long plays, and it felt like the Super Bowl all over again. 49ers are 3-4, and four, but I look at their schedule. They have a lot of winnable games, including next week against their longtime rival, the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams were on a bye, but right now, the Seattle Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. That was shocking, too. Seahawks are 4-3, and three, and they are winning with Geno Smith. Now, we don't know the situation with DK Metcalf. He's got an injury. and That could slow them down, but I whiffed. I thought the Seahawks were going to be the worst team in the NFL. I thought that Pete Carroll was going to be on the hot seat, and he's not. So the Seattle Seahawks are 4-3 on the season. The Dolphins are able to beat the Steelers. The Cowboys, welcome back Dak Prescott. They beat the Lions 24-6. The Tennessee Titans has the Malik Willis era started in Tennessee. They beat Indianapolis 19-10. And they take over first place. Some of the surprises in the NFL. The New York Giants beat the Jaguars 23-17, to and they are 6-1. Is Brian Dable the coach of the year in the NFL? And how about the New York Jets? I'm going to have Corey Bank on as we're going to recap some of the NFL games. His New York Jets are 5-2. I don't know which team is more disappointing, the Denver Broncos, who are 2-5, or the Green Bay Packers, who are 3-4. But the most surprising teams... It's got to be the New York Jets, the New York Giants, and the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks. They beat the Chargers at SoFi Stadium 37-23. College football. The Alabama Crimson Tide, they get a bounce-back win beating the Mississippi State Bulldogs 30-6, and their defense shut down that air raid offense that Mike Leach had in Tuscaloosa, and... This team that gave up 52 points against Tennessee the week before, their defense shows up, and they shut the door on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and they win, only giving up six points. Now, Alabama's going to be on a bye next week, but don't look now. In two weeks, a huge game in Death Valley between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the LSU Tigers, and LSU has improved. They got a big win over Ole Miss. They storm the field, which likely so. That's what you're supposed to do when you beat a top-ten team, even though they're expected to win because they're in Death Valley. But Jalen Daniels is just going to improve as a quarterback, and I think what Brian Kelly has going on at LSU is sustainable, and LSU, I think, is going to give Alabama a good game. The new AP poll came out in college football. Probably the most shocking team in this ranking is the South Carolina Gamecocks. 5-2. 5-2. and two. I never thought that South Carolina would be in a position where they are 5-2 and two, and they have a chance to go 7-2 and two, getting ready to take on Tennessee, getting ready to take on Florida. South Carolina looks great. I think they do have a great quarterback. It's Spencer Rattler. I just can't believe this is the same team that lost to Georgia big early on in the year. Another team that lost to Georgia early on in the year is Oregon. Oregon is has looked incredible. They blew out UCLA at home, and Oregon is now in the top 10. So the new college football playoff rankings will be revealed on November 1st, and that is something to keep an eye on because they're going to look at the strength of schedule. The committee is going to look at the, the ranked opponents that the Tennessee Volunteers has won against. And look, Ohio State looks impressive. I think they got a huge game, a big noon kickoff on Saturday against Penn State. And Georgia, still the number one ranked team in the country. That Florida game is always tricky. Now, this is the Georgia-Florida week. Big game in Jacksonville. And look, I know Florida's 4-3. and three, But Florida and Georgia, anytime they play, you throw out the record books. If you look at what Georgia has done, they have won four out of the last five years against the Florida Gators. They have won seven out of the last 11 since 2011. Georgia has dominated this series, but Florida is tricky because I think Anthony Richardson is a very capable quarterback to make extraordinary plays like he did against Utah. If you look at the rivalry from 1990 to 2010, Georgia has only beaten Florida three times. That's right, I could count them on my fingers 1997, 2004, and 2007. And we all remember the games as well. 1997 was when Heinz Ward was the quarterback and Georgia was a huge underdog. 2004, well, Georgia was just playing better and Ron Zook had a 2-1 winning record against Georgia. There were two years where Georgia was supposed to beat Florida, including losing to an unranked Florida team in 2002 that cost the Georgia Bulldogs a shot at playing the University of Miami in the national championship game. I look at Georgia and Florida throw out the record books. Remember 2007 where no Sean Moreno gets that touchdown and Georgia storms the end zone, the entire team, and they get penalized 15 yards. This game is just two bitter rivals that do not like each other. Georgia's favored by 23 and half points, but I would take the points in this game. I actually think it's going to be a lot closer. There are still some kinks that Georgia has to figure out. And I think Georgia might be overlooking Florida as they are focusing on that Tennessee game in two weeks. The Mercer Bears, they fall to Chattanooga 41-21. Mercer falls to 6-2 and on the season. They will take on VMI next week. Their next home game is against Furman on November the 12th. LaGrange College falls to Brevard 24-10, and they are now 1-5 on the season. The next game is this Saturday at Belhaven. The next home game is November 5th against Southern Virginia at Callaway Stadium. The new college football rankings just came out, and no surprise, Georgia is still ranked number 1. They have 31 first-place votes. Followed by Ohio State after getting an impressive victory over Iowa at the Horseshoe, they are ranked number 3 after beating UT Martin 65 to 24. They do have a decent game. It's it's a home game but against Kentucky with Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky is a very good team. And so can Tennessee be overlooking Kentucky ahead of the Georgia game in 2 weeks. Michigan is ranked number 4. You have Clemson ranked number 5. They escaped with a 27-21 win over Syracuse, but DJ Uiangele is still going to be the starter as Cade Klubnik came in in relief and brought Syracuse back from a 21 to 3. And brought back Clemson from a 21 to 7 deficit. You got Alabama ranked number six. TCU jumps up in the rankings after beating after beating Kansas State 38-28. And TCU is the only Big 12 team left that's undefeated. So do they have a clear shot at the college football playoff? Oregon jumps all the way to number 8. They have won six straight games, and Bo Nix threw for five touchdown passes as the Oregon Ducks beat UCLA 35-30. That was a statement win as well. Oklahoma State gets a big win over Texas, 41-34. They still have a shot at the Big 12. The USC that they go down to number 10. You got Wake Forest number tied it with USC at number 10. UCLA 12. The teams that jumped up in the rankings, the LSU Tigers, 6-2, they are ranked 18th. They are on, they had an impressive victory against Ole Miss 45 to 20. They have a bye, and then in two weeks. Get ready. They're taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Los Angeles Lakers, they just can't get out of their own way. They keep jacking up threes. When are they going to learn? Russell Westbrook, in fact, missed 11 straight field goal attempts. And I don't know. I think this uh, Los Angeles Lakers team, I said that they were a borderline playoff team with a healthy AD and LeBron with the big three. You're looking at what Russell Westbrook offers the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm thinking... Yeah, I don't think this is working out. You know, Kawhi Leonard didn't even play the whole game. And the Clippers still had the depth to overtake the Los Angeles Lakers. They are in trouble. They need to get some outside perimeter shooters because I look at this Lakers team. It's not working with the big three. Russell Westbrook is not the fit that LeBron needs in that offense with AD. And their schedule was favorable For the Lakers to win some games. I mean, they gotta play San Antonio, they gotta play Utah, they have got some teams that are beatable teams. They have got to figure out how to shoot the three-pointer because you get out on the perimeter, these players they're just wanting to shoot the ball, and they just don't have anybody that can shoot threes. I look at the Los Angeles Lakers and they are in serious trouble. We had an incredible game between two. 2 and O teams, the Utah Jazz taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. And I got this one wrong. I thought that the Utah Jazz were going to be the worst team in the league because they got rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. This is the equivalent of, like, the Lakers giving up Shaq and Kobe and then they're winning without them. You give up your two superstars and you're 3 O. How are the Utah Jazz doing it? Well, whoever their coach is has got to be coach of the year. But Laurie Markin, remember him? He used to play for the Bulls. He had thirty-one points. They still have Mike Conley Jr. He is a great point guard. Jordan Clarkson still on this team. Kelly Olenek. He's been a journeyman. And I, remember, you know, they they got the Collins. They got Colin Sexton from the Donovan Mitchell trade. They do have some pieces, but some of the surprises in the NBA. When I look at the surprises, I think of the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are 3-0. You got the Utah Jazz, 3-0. The Portland Trailblazers, 3-0. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers. Some of the disappointing 0-3 teams. The Lakers. I did not expect that. I didn't expect the Sixers to be 0-3. The Orlando Magic, I kind of expected that. But I'm really impressed with their rookie, Paolo Boncaro. So the Atlanta Hawks are 2-1. The Hawks... They'll take on the Detroit Pistons Wednesday night and then Friday. And then they got to take on the Bucks and the Raptors. But I do like this Hawks team. They just ran into a Hornets team that went to the playoffs last year. They did lose to the Hawks in the play-in game. Hawks jumped out to the 30-22 lead after the first quarter. But Kelly Oubre, the former Golden State Warrior, had 24 points. Trey Young chipped in with 28 points for the Atlanta Hawks. And if the Hawks want to consistently win, because they had a couple impressive victories over the weekend, including over the Orlando Magic, they've got to get more from their bench. This team is going to improve. I was very impressed with the rookie, A.J. Griffin. He scored eight points in six minutes. They've got to get defensive stops anytime a team gets hot. And the Charlotte Hornets were just able to shoot 52% from the field. Hawks were just... Not feeling it from downtown. 8 from 35. And that was the key difference in the game. Was the play of Kelly Oubre Jr. And so the Charlotte Hornets are now 2-1 and one on the season. The Hawks fall to 2-1. and one. The Columbus River Dragons are 2-0 and oh after defeating the Elmira Mammoth. 6-1 and 7-2. I plan on having Columbus River Dragons forward Alex Storjahan on the show. As he is leading the team with 5 goals. November 11th. Your Columbus River Dragons is in action against the Watertown Wolves at the Columbus Civic Center. Folks, the band is back together. you got the key players returning. Jay Krupp, Josh Pietrantono, you have Bailey McBurney, Adam Vanetti. You still have these great players that made it all the way to the Federal Prospects Commissioners Cup last season And, however, they fell to the Watertown Wolves in double overtime. That was such an amazing game. Watched it on YouTube. So incredible. I actually went to game one. That atmosphere at the Columbus Civic Center was incredible. I cannot believe it. When the calendar hits November, I'm going to talk a lot about Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars basketball. I'm hoping to have the head coach, Ron Moore, and the head coach of the women's team Matt Hauser. I'm hoping to get both of them on the show so we could preview the upcoming season in the Peach Belt Conference for the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars basketball teams as they will start their season uh, sometime in November. I think mid-November is when they start their season. And I'm going to also cover a lot of high school basketball on this show too. Like I said, this is a very local podcast. I do cover national stuff. I do cover Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Auburn, Alabama, but I do cover local stuff too because I want to make sure that the residents of Columbus are informed about all the local stuff that's happening in the Chattahoochee Valley. The Philadelphia Phillies, they did it. They beat the San Diego Padres 4-3 to to win that series in five games, and the Phillies make it back to the World Series for the first time since 2009. Some of the storylines well, don't feel bad, Braves fans. You just ran into a buzzsaw. The Phillies were just hot. They got hot at the right time. And congratulations to Bryce Harper. It's nice to see a superstar in the World Series. This is kind of got that Barry Bonds feel in 2002. Bryce Harper is one of the best players in Major League Baseball, and he's going to play in a World Series. I'm happy for him. The Phillies do have great pitching. Uh, Zach Wheeler, they have Aaron Noah. The Houston Astros defeat the New York Yankees five to four and they reach the World Series for the fourth time in the last ten years. This has just been an incredible run that the Houston Astros had. They were the runner ups in the World Series last season, and now the World Series is set, but game one will not be until Friday night as the Philadelphia Phillies will take on the Houston Astros. The high school football season is winding down. We have one final regular season game on Friday night as Glenwood taking on Chambers Academy. and that, In fact, that actually is one of the candidates for High School Game of the Week. So go on my Twitter page. Vote for the High School Game of the Week. Right now, the current leader is Trinity Christian at Troop County. I had a segment on my show where I have the top 10 teams from East Alabama and the top teams from West Georgia. So without further ado, let's go ahead, reveal the new top 10 teams from East Alabama and West Georgia. Now, I got a lot of love for Northside. The Northside Patriots, big shout out to them. They're eight and one. Uh, One of their players kept asking me on Twitter, why did I rank them so low? And Look, I'm considering that. I'm definitely going to put them in my higher in my rankings. They got one more game as they're taking on McIntosh from Peachtree City. If they win that, they're going to win their first region for the first time in school history. So the Northside Patriots look good, but so do the other teams. St. Ambicelli looks great. Carver, they got a big win over Monroe. And if Carver beats Doherty on Thursday night at Otis Spencer Stadium, Carver is going to get second place, and they're going to the playoffs. So without further ado, I'm going to start with East Alabama. So here we go. All right. Number one, Central. Central is 7-2. They were on a bye. They play Prattville next week. Look, I I moved Central above Lee Scott Academy because, you know, Red Devil Nation. I mean, you guys, first, first of all, I appreciate you following me on Twitter. And I appreciate the love that you have given to me for this podcast. And I know you guys listen to the podcast. Central's had an amazing season. I think that their path to the state championship got a little bit easier because Thompson lost to Hoover. So I think Central at 7-2, they lost one region game, and that was to Opelika. But they did lose to IMG Academy. There's no loss there. That was a great team. They were on national television. I moved Central to number one because two weeks ago they defeated Auburn 38-17. That was a statement win by the Central Red Devils, and I believe they're going to close out the season strong and make a huge run in the state playoffs. All right, let's go. Number two, the Auburn Tigers. Auburn is 8-1. and one. They got a huge win on the road against Prattville, and then Auburn will take on Smith Station. Auburn is probably going to be in the same bracket with Central, and these two teams are probably going to meet in the semifinals. Should be fun. All right, number three, Lee Scott Academy. Why did I drop Lee Scott Academy all the way down to number three when they were number one last week? I don't know. Maybe pressure from the Central fans? Eh, Probably. Lee Scott Academy is 9-0. They have dominated. Now, they gave up 14 points against Fort Dale Academy, but they take on Edgewood Academy next week, and Lee Scott Academy looks like it's smooth sailing, hosting playoff games, and probably winning the state championship. I mean, they are completely dominating every team that they face. Head coach Buster Daniel has really got a great team as the Lee Scott Academy Warriors out of Auburn, Alabama look amazing. Number four, the Hanley Tigers. Hanley is nine and one. And what Hanley has done, their only loss was to Aniston. And you know, Hanley, we all know about what Hanley can do. They won the state title in 2020 Hanley is a great football team. And, you know, after beating Munford 49 14, they play West Blockton in a couple weeks. And then they get ready for the playoffs. Number five, Lo Chipoca. The poke Way is still working after all this time. Now, they did lose to Maplesville a couple of weeks ago. But Lo their head coach, Rico Newton, said it's state title or bus. And I believe him when he said that. Because Lociapoca, they're in 1A Region 4. They're 6-1 on this season. And when I look at a team like Lo Lociapoca, I think of just the pageantry. But, you know, getting a big win over Billingsley, 40-6. They take on Keith. I moved Realtown up to number 6, and here's why. Because they beat Highland Home. Highland Home was one of my dark horses to win the state title. But Realtown has now can have control over this division. It was like one of those defensive struggle games. But real town just—they what can I say? They've been—they've been incredible. They're seven and one. They're seven and zero in the region. You know they lost their opener to Tallissey, but they went into Highland Home and defeated them eight to seven. And they take on Zion Chapel next week. So the Real Town Rebels—they look like the real deal. Number seven, I got Beauregard. Beauregard is down to seven. They did lose to Central Clay County and Beauregard they are eight and one four and one in 5a region four and you know they beat jemison 54 to 14 they're taking on lincoln next week number eight the ufala tigers huge win over blakely county it was a border war blakely county out of georgia the Eufala tigers have copeland cotton a great quarterback jarell jernigan his first year as head coach he's won a super bowl ring with the new york giants He's probably flashing that Super Bowl ring around his players. That's motivation for them. The Ufala Tigers, they went from 6A to 5A after the reclassification. And I think the Ufala Tigers can compete and make a big run in the state playoffs. All right, number nine, Chambers Academy. They are 7-2. They have won seven straight games. And they've got a big showdown with the Glenwood Gators this Friday night. And number 10, Glenwood, 6-3. They put up 63 points against Morgan Academy. You know, Morgan Academy also was a team top in their region. And Glenwood, it looks like they've secured that number two spot in their region. And they're headed to the playoffs after this week. That was my top ten for East Alabama. Now let's move on to my top ten in West Georgia. All right. Number one, Troop County. 8-0 on the season. They beat Fayette County. And now they have the big showdown, which is probably going to be High School Game of the Week. The big showdown with the Trinity Christian Lions. Troop County still undefeated. They are just in a gauntlet of a region. I posted a graphic on my Twitter page. 4A Region 4. All the teams at the top. You have Stars Mill, Whitewater, and LaGrange all 6-2. Trinity Christian is 5-3, but 4-1 in the region. One of these teams is not going to make the playoffs. You have five Teams that are fighting for four playoff spots. One of them is not going to make the playoffs. So a big win by Troop County as they get ready for that big showdown at Callaway Stadium Friday night against Trinity Christian. Number two, Callaway. And you're probably wondering, like, why did I move Callaway all the way up to number two? They're five and three. I mean, clearly there's some other teams in the state of Georgia for the Chattahoochee Valley that have a better record than Callaway. It's their body of work. Callaway had a statement win over Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Quay Whitfield with six touchdowns. And the Callaway Cavaliers are not only 5-3. and three, They are still undefeated in the region. And it looks like they're going to make a big run in the state playoffs. Number three, the Carver Tigers. Carver is 6-2 after getting a big win over Monroe. And they take on Doherty next week at Otis Spencer Stadium for a chance at securing a playoff berth. Number 4 Lagrange. I put them at number 4 because they got a statement win over Trinity Christian 24 to 10. Number 5 St. Ampicelli. They're on a bye, but at 7 and 1, they take on Heritage next week. You got number 6 the Northside Patriots 8 and 1. They beat Drew 39 to nothing, but I think that I figured it out. Northside is looking to win their first ever region championship in school history. And I want to put Northside higher than number six, but I don't know who to drop. I mean, you have so many great teams in this region. Northside is right there. Number seven, the Spencer Greenway getting a huge victory over Northeast and pretty much securing this region at six and two. They still have to play ace Charter. Ace Charter is 7-1, and, and they play them to wrap up the regular season in two weeks. Number 8, Schlei County. After beating Manchester on the road, Schlei County jumps up in the ranking and they win this region. And Schlei County is going to make a deep run in the state playoffs. Number nine, Manchester. They did lose to Schlei County. Manchester's still a great team at 5-3 and they're going to make the playoffs as well. I got number 10, the Brookstone Cougars. They get a big win, and uh, they're going to make the playoffs. So that is my rankings for the top 10 teams in East Alabama and West Georgia. I'm going to recap the rankings on the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show this Friday night from 5 to 6 on WQEE. Big congratulations to the inaugural Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame class. There are 45 names that has been inducted this year. Some of the names that you're familiar with, Herschel Walker out of Wrightsville, Georgia. I mean, we all know him in the state of Georgia for winning a national championship in 1980, along with one of my colleagues, DJ Jones. And uh, Herschel's also running for Senate. And I I did vote early on Saturday. Uh, some of the other uh, notable, notable players, uh, m- my big favorite, Garrison Hurst. He played at Lincoln County High School, played for the 49ers, and played for Georgia. Buck Ballew from Valdosta High School, he's got a big show on 680 The Fan. Eric Zier does color commentating for the Georgia Bulldogs. He's on this list. The local player that played at Spencer High School. In fact, he was the only player to go straight from high school to the NFL. Otis Sistrunk, who has won a Super Bowl with the Oakland Raiders. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to David Pollock. You have Calvin Johnson, who played at Sandy Creek. Champ Bailey, who's considered one of the best defensive backs to ever come out of Georgia. Ray Guy, considered one of the best punters. You got Fran Tarkington, Shannon Sharp. This is a pretty decent list of a lot of players that played high school in the state of Georgia. Also a big reminder, November 23rd is the Isaiah Crowell's 7th annual Thanksgiving Feed the Hungry event at the Safe House Ministries presented by Sports Visions. Isaiah Crowell, who played high school football at Carver, Went on to the University of Georgia and Alabama State. And then played running back in the NFL from 2014 to 2019. Isaiah Correll was a very promising running back for the Cleveland Browns. I always enjoyed watching him play. And it's great that Isaiah gives back to the community. It just goes to show how much he loves Columbus. Isaiah Corell's best season came with the Cleveland Browns in 2016. When he rushed for 952 yards, averaged 4.8 yards a carry, and he also caught 40 passes for 319 yards. He played four years with the Cleveland Browns from 2014 to 2017, and then one year with the New York Jets. But he's one of those players to come out of the Fountain City that I feel needs to be in the Chattahoochee Sports Hall of Fame. So, yes, come on out to that event, the Isaiah Crowell 7th Annual Thanksgiving Feed the Hungry it's a free event, there's going to be a DJ, there's going to be music, there's going to be fun. For more information, call 706-681-1136. This is going to be Tuesday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 30 p.m. Also, a reminder that the 15th Annual High School and Middle School Football Awards Luncheon will be Thursday, December the 8th. Eastern Time at the St. Luke's Ministry Center in Columbus, Georgia. The guest speaker will be Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart. So I will definitely be in attendance. For more information, contact DJ Jones at 706-681-1136. Big news out of Columbus Rapids camp. They have signed the dynamic striker from South Africa, Kyle Cohert. And I am super excited about the Columbus Rapids teams that's starting up in, it'll be about a month and a half by the time this team gets ready out on the pitch at the Columbus Civic Center. Well, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, because we are going to recap some of the major events that has happened over this weekend. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be back with Corey. Welcome back to the show. On the show I've got my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank. We're going to recap some of these college football games, get into some NBA action. But Corey, we had a pretty incredible weekend and it's just only going to get better from here. It really is, Richard. I mean, not only do we have playoffs in high school, but you know, these college football games, they're going down to the wire. We're going to have our first college football rankings on November the 1st and right now You have teams that are muscling up. And there are several teams that have a shot at reaching the college football playoff. I mean, I like seeing parity in college football. I don't like seeing the same four teams in the college football playoff every year. But let's go ahead and break down some of these games. We're going to go ahead and start with this Syracuse-Clemson game. My word. Syracuse was up 21-7. to DJ Uyangale got benched. And in comes Cade Klubnick, and he saves Clemson's season. And Clemson is still alive for the college football playoff, but it was almost a huge upset by the Syracuse Orangemen, who's having a magical season. But Clemson comes away with a victory, 27-21. to
0: What do I got to say, Richard? This number 5 Clemson team overcame four turnovers in the game, and the quarterback changed to survive an upset bid for number 14 Syracuse. In this 27-21 to comeback. That was more than just. In addition to the win column for the Tigers. The victory marked. Clemson's 38th straight victory. In Death Valley. Breaking the record. For the longest home winning streak. In the ACC history. Previously held by. Bobby Bowden's Florida State's program. In the run from 1995. To 2001. Though. Clemson had some upset scares along the way, including another one against Syracuse back in 2018 The Tigers have not lost at the home since 2016. Now, beyond the historic victory for Clemson came a tough moment for Coach Dabo Sweeney, who chose, like you said, Richard, to bench starting quarterback DJ Uwe Agle for true freshman Cade Kluvick. He lost a fumble, returned 90 yards for the Syracuse touchdown before he was replaced. Klubnik, the former five-star prospect from Austin, Texas, late in the third quarter, Klubnik did not receive a heavy workload, though completing just two of four passes attempts for 19 yards, and he played a role in the running game. So this Clemson team outscored the. Visiting men 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter, Richard. Running back Will Shipley's 50 yard breakaway score was a turning point in the game and a part of a tremendous offensive performance as Clemens star carried 27 times for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Now, including this go ahead score, that was enough to ice this game for
1: the Clemson Tigers, Richard. All right, so Corey LSU was expected to win, right? I mean, they're playing at home, even though Ole Miss is a top ten team. LSU was dynamic with Jalen Daniels at quarterback. Is L- is this LSU team for real? Well, Richard, I think
0: that they're definitely legitimate after this game. So LSU picked up a, a signature win for first year coach Brian Kelly by running through this unbeaten. Ole Miss team, 45-20. So the Tigers trailed 17-3 early in the second quarter, Richard. They outscored the Rebels 42-3 from that point on in the football game. Unbelievable. Five touchdowns behind star quarterback Jaden Daniels. My goodness. So LSU remains in the hunt for division title, entering a showdown in their next week against number six Alabama, but Daniels was exceptional all afternoon for the Tigers, terrorizing the visitors on the ground. 121 yards in the game, three touchdowns, and through the air, 21-28, of 28, 248 yards. So that is the signal caller's 100-yard mark that he passed for the fourth time in his career, Richard, and the second time this season. Now, with his third rushing touchdown, Daniels set a school record for the most scores in the season by a quarterback with eight. Now, on the other side of the realm, the day went much differently for Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart, who completed nine of his first ten passes before going cold against an LSU defense that found its groove in the second half. After scoring on their first three possessions, the Rebels struggled without star running back Zach Evans who did not play because of a knee injury. But LSU already had three scholarship quarterbacks on its roster with Daniels, who was committed to LSU in March. The Arizona State transfer, that was great for the Sun Devils as a freshman, but struggled the past two seasons. And it seemed like damaged goods when he entered the transfer portal this upcoming year as junior year. But still, he broke through the top of the depth chart over Miles Brennan, Garrett Newsmeyer, and Walker Howard. He started the season opener for the Tigers and has relinquished the job. But Daniels has quietly been impressive, averaging 69.9%. Now, LSU's talent, Rich Roster, really makes them a viable option down the stretch of the season, Richard.
1: The hottest team in college football has to be the Oregon Ducks. After losing... To Georgia, 49-3 on opening day in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Oregon has rattled off six straight victories where they have scored more than 40 points in the game. And Bo Nix picked apart number 9 UCLA with five touchdown passes, shattering the UCLA Bruins' hopes for a college football playoff bid. Now Oregon can run the table. This is really starting to make that win by Georgia more impressive. As Oregon is 6-1, they jump into the top 10. And I think this Oregon Ducks team, they learned their lesson from week one. They are for real. Bo Nix is feeling more comfortable in this offense. And Oregon can win the Pac-12 this year.
0: I actually think that is definitely a possibility. Oregon ran away with this game, Richard, 45-30 over this UCLA team. The Bruins' undefeated season, they snapped it. The Ducks scored on six drives, producing 531 total yards with 248 yards on the ground. A very, very compelling offensive game plan with Bo Nix. So UCLA fought back in the fourth quarter, Richard, producing a touchdown of a one year run from Zach Carbonat in its first drive of the quarter. But when the Ducks followed the touchdown of their own of a 37 yard dart from Bo Nix to Bucky Irving, the fate seemed sealed in the Ducks' favor. The Bruins later went for a touchdown on fourth and six, but Dorian Thompson-Robinson's pass was intercepted in the end zone by Brian Addison. Thompson-Robinson found Jake Bobo in the end zone later in the quarter, but it was not enough to close the gap. So Knicks went 21-26 with 268 yards passing and five touchdowns. Thompson Robinson was 27 for 39 with 262, two touchdowns and an interception. Now with this impressive victory, like you said, Richard, 4-0 in the Pac-12, and they're 6-1 overall. All
1: right, now let's talk about Texas and Oklahoma State because Texas is, is just a much different team with Quinn Ewers in at quarterback. This was a tough road game against a talented Oklahoma State Cowboys team that just dominic richardson was just running the football it was just a back and forth game and i gotta say spencer sanders he comes up in the clutch and oklahoma state was down 34 to 24 in this game spencer sanders brings them all the way back oklahoma state gets the win they're still alive for the big 12 championship but quinn ewers had a tough game he had three interceptions and texas falls to five and three But really, it was a shootout with these two talented Big 12 teams.
0: It certainly was, Richard. So like you said, Spencer Sanders threw for 391 yards and two touchdowns as a part of a furious two-touchdown comeback. As the Oklahoma State Cowboys knocked off the Texas Longhorns 41-34 on Saturday at Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Texas led 31 17 with under four minutes left in the second quarter, but could only manage another three points the rest of the way in wins that were listed at 23 miles per hour, but gusted much higher at points in this game, which definitely played a role in what was going on. Now, in one of the most off- lopsided stats you will ever see, Richard, it's Texas's 14 penalties. My goodness. For 119 yards, that is a lot of penalties to be commanding in the game. Well, Oklahoma State did not have one flag thrown on them for the entire game. That right there is a stat that is not used very often, but it depicts the command in the game. Now, the Longhorns freshman quarterback, Quinn Ewers, looked solid early, but was unable to finish efficiently going of for 319 yards and two touchdowns with three interceptions like you mentioned earlier. Now, the last one tipped by a receiver right to a defender. So the Cowboys managed not to completely eliminate themselves from the college football playoff picture, Richard, but they'll still need plenty of help across the country to be in serious consideration. They've also got the inside track In the Big 12 to return to title game as they move to three and one in the Big 12 with Baylor, their only loss that shouldn't matter in a tiebreaker
1: scenario at this point in the season, Richard. All right, let's talk a little bit about the NBA because it's early in the season. We have some surprise teams like the Utah Jazz, who are three-0. That was an incredible game last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. However, the Pelicans did lose Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram to injury. The Portland Trailblazers beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Corey, are you shocked that the Lakers are 0-3? Well, there's been a lot of differences in their lineups, uh,
0: mixing and matching their lineups. And it's not really a great stretch for them. But you have to talk about really what Damian Lillard did against the Lakers. He scored 41 points in this 106-104 to victory yesterday. But the point... And the matter is, is that it really has not been put together because down the stretch, there's been three guys for the Lakers who have not been shooting the basketball too well. Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and believe it or not, as efficient as you would think he would be, hasn't been so far this season, LeBron James. But the thing is, is that you also have to look at the fact that Anthony Davis is not the same player that he once was before. He's been riddled with injuries throughout the years. Hasn't been the same. Now, is it a longevity issue for this Lakers team? That's what remains to be seen, Richard.
1: And finally, the Atlanta Hawks, they are 2-1 on the season so far. They did lose to the Charlotte Hornets last night, 126-109. But I've really been impressed with this Hawks team and the way that their starters are averaging in um, the 20 point, like their first game opening night, they had four starters that were in the 20 point range. I think that Deandre Hunter has come on and has contributed very well. I would like to see more production from their bench, but looking at this Atlanta Hawks team, are they one of the best teams in the Eastern conference?
0: Time will only tell, but they did lose this one. 132-103 One thirty-two to one hundred three to to the Charlotte Hornets, and that's because you had guys who really came together in this game for the Hornets team. Kelly Oubre Jr. for twenty-four points. Nick Richards added a career-high twenty points. A role player really stepping up in his own right. He had eleven boards, and the Charlotte Hornets really put things together. Now the Hornets won decisively, despite being without three projected leading scores. LaMelo Ball has missed the first three games of the season with his left ankle injury. Terry Rozier couldn't play with also a right ankle sprain. But the point of the matter is is that uh, the defense, the defense was an issue for the Hawks. They have to really get that command. And Coach Nate McMillan said there was no energy, there was no urgency from us on the defensive end of the floor I didn't think there was much energy by us on the offensive end of the floor. Coach thinks that they need to really pick up their game. They need to change the dynamic of their psyche of how they play their game. And that's what I really think in that mind. In order for them to really be a key key team, a top five team, in the Eastern Conference this year, Richard, they're going to have to get their defense under control. All right, Corey, before I let you
1: go, who do you got in the World Series, Phillies or Astros? Go Astros because the Phillies are in our division. That's right, you are a Mets fan and me being a Braves fan, yeah, we don't like the Phillies. Uh they just sometimes you have a hot baseball team that just carries all that momentum to the World Series, kind of like the Colorado Rockies in 2007, but the Astros are the much better, much polished team. They went 6 and 0 in the postseason as they swept the Yankees last night 5 to 4 and Corey, the World Series, game one of the World Series does not start until Friday. That is a lot of time to preview these two teams. It most certainly is, Richard. But thank you for having me on this show today. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. That was my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank. Thank you so much once again for watching, listening To another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, don't forget that you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody.
0: You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast.